Welcome to Timely Wisdom with Drs. Alice Bradford, Sarita Wright, Brenda Wallace, Carolyn Carlisle, and I am Venice Burns. You can watch us live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Follow us on Facebook. Subscribe on YouTube. Today our guest is Rev. Dr. Debbie Grant Scotland. Empower Me. This was recorded on January 26, 2021. Some of us know her as Pastor Debbie um, Grant of Scotland. Um, I'm going to start with the best news first, that she's um, been united with the love of her life. And, and I'm so excited about that. She just chose to get married on the Sunday. And those of us who are preachers couldn't travel on Sunday. But I think that was intentional. I'm going to throw that in. I'll come back to that later in a moment. But she's well-educated. Listen to this. Listen to this now. Um, her father um, was a presiding elder and pastor. Um, and, and they had nine children. And out of the nine, four of them are preachers. Um, and, and it's those preaching daughters when we look at this. And so we actually talk about um, this family being like a mover and a shaker family before it was really acceptable to talk about women in ministry. Um, her dad was, um, and all of them, I believe, are still in the African Methodist Episcopal Church. Um, Dr. Grant got her education from Clark Atlanta University um, in, in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, she got a Master's of Divinity from, um, uh, I was about to say Phyllis, is not Turner, uh, Theological Seminary at the ITC in Atlanta, <laughs> along with her Doctorate of Ministry. Um, she um, was the founding pastor. Listen to this, ladies she, and, and gentlemen. She was the founding pastor of new church uh, development called Victory AME Church in Atlanta, Georgia, um, 14 years. Um, she led that, um, um, for many years she led that ministry. Then she went to Columbus, uh, Georgia um, for um, over a decade, about 14, 15 years, just successful ministry in, in what she's done. She also now is the founder of Empower uh, Me Ministry that focuses on the empowerment of women and girls uh, through uh, enlightenment, encouragement, and engagement in the area of physical, emotional, and mental health, uh, spirituality, and personal development. And she's presently the senior pastor of Cosmopolitan Amy Church in Atlanta, Georgia. So listen, listen, as, as um, I'm going to pull her up, but then I'm also going to use this personal privilege as, um, as she is pulled up on the screen. Hello, Pastor um, Debbie's um, Grant Scotland to be with us. Um, but I just want to say in regard um, for Pastor Grant that uh, many, all of us, um, if we really want to talk about our life and the progress and the steps we make in our life, that this lady um, is... Um, um, it's what I call is the catalyst. Let me pull a little back down. She bless her heart. She's having a little technical difficulty. This lady um, is is so um, very instrumental in my journey um, in ministry. Um, I was a student at the University of Georgia. I knew I had a call of ministry in my life, but at that point, I did not see anyone that looked like what um, ministry, what I thought it should be. And so um, the um, 
the Black um, Coalition um, students uh, at University of Georgia. Um, we were um, the host as the AME Church. They're, I believe they were having their 100th anniversary, 150 years, something like that celebration. And I remember walking by um, the area that they're in, there were all glass windows. And I remember walking by and I stopped and I went, oh my God, who is that? Yeah. And in there, it was full of young adults. But here was this woman that was up. And I mean, and she was alive and she was energetic. And so I'm supposed to be a host, but I slipped in to, to sit and listen. And as I listened and I watched her, it was like I, in, in my spiritual hand, I was pointing my finger in my spirit with my spiritual arm and saying, that's what I want to look like in ministry. That is what what it looks like. And um, I had the opportunity to talk with her. You know, I waited, the room cleared out and um, and just kind of hung around her from then. And she welcomed me um, in her home. She's been a big sister to me. Um, I got a chance just to, you know, eat their food, sleep in their beds, you know, all those things that they raised me, hung around her as she was the chaplain at Morris Brown. Uh, college and and so she and her family have been so very instrumental in my life and so I'm just I'm just thrilled and hit those heart buttons and welcome if you will Pastor Debbie Grant Scotland. Wow. 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 That's all I could say is wow. Um, mm-hmm. to, uh, to God be the glory. It's just um, uh, awesome to be in your presence. Um, and my queen sister, I I, um, I praise God for you and all that you've meant to me in my life, mm-hmm. and um, just um, allowing me to be a part and to share at a very critical part of your life because you had not long since lost your mother, God. and um, and I just I just remember wanting to be protective of you um, <laughs> from those persons down, you know, Dr. Wallace. You know, I'm one of those kind of protective nurturer kind of person, but not wanting anyone to take advantage of her. And so I'm, I'm sure that there are many days when I um, try to, you know, tell her what to do, how to do, when to do it, um, that she thought, you know, is you crazy? <laughs> but, um, yeah, she, so many great possibilities. I, I, I just, I cannot even begin to, I would not have been able to imagine uh, where she would be at this juncture in her life. Um, but um, yeah, definitely saw the best in, in her. And, um, and then the mere fact she just wanted to hang close to somebody that was <laughs> close to the church, you know, was um, spoke volumes about, um, I, I would say Venisi, but um, uh-huh. I'm so grateful uh-huh. for her service, for her work, for her life, for her ministry, all of the above. Uh-huh. I'm 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 just really blessed, and I thought about this, and some people might think it might be minor, but you are the reason that I love Japanese food. Um, that was one of the things she was like. I remember it was one of the times we were in Atlanta, um, and hanging around, and she says, um, "I got the I'm, I'm, we're going to take," and it was a group of us, um, because as young people, we love to hang around, her. and and it was downtown Atlanta, woo wee, right downtown Atlanta to Benihana Restaurant, yes. and because of her, all of those years, I'm not going to tell my age, y'all, but all of them years ago, please don't. Uh, and and <laughs> my first time sitting down um, at um, and and. 
being just thrilled um, by by the experience and and have been hooked on Japanese food ever since um, then. So so Dr. Grinscollin, we're we're blessed to have you with us on today, and um, um, this is an area of where we have people listen um, to kind of hear what we call timely wisdom. You know that they can um, just be able to hear how their lives can be empowered and strengthened kind of started this during the pandemic, COVID, at the top of the pandemic, didn't think we would still be here, but but we are. But but before we get into the questions for you about, um, about your organization, um, I'm sure people, I, I think kind of hearing the beginning of ministry stories, tell us a little bit about your life growing up in a parsonage and, and what, what that was like. Lord have mercy, everything I could do and be, I was. <laughs> I was the last of nine children. Uh, and uh, very much spoiled. That's what they say, okay? Um, but um, I, that's all I knew. My whole life was, um, you know, in 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 church. I mean, it it we we left early in the morning on Sunday mornings, and we didn't get back until late in the, in the evening on Sunday mornings. And then, of course, there were the Saturdays. And when we didn't go, what we call in the country. Uh, with my father um, to church, uh, our home church was right around the corner. So we found ourselves going, um, always uh, being in church. But what it did for me was it made me not want to, right? Be a preacher, <laughs> see a preacher. I mean, I just, it's like, boy, when I get out of this thing, when I leave home, I'm gone. I am gone never realizing that the whole time of my, um, uh, my formation, developing, growing, that um, my mother and father deposited um, a wealth of things in me I had no knowledge of. I mean, I, I, didn't, I had no idea um, what they had already placed into my belly, into my spirit um, until, you know, I got... Um, uh, to a point where I, you know, I'd done everything I think I could do. I mean, I don't tell anybody this, this is our secret, right? Um, I, uh, I went to Morris Brown's first college I went to, and then I went to Atlanta Junior College, and then I went to um, uh, Board of Fashion College, and um, I finally stumbled my way into Clark Atlanta University, found that space and that place, and then never looked back since, completed my master's, my doctorate, you know, all of the above. Um, and then that says to, to those, sometimes um, we get off to a rough start, um, but don't mm -hmm. allow that to determine uh, where you land. It's just the start. And, um, and so um, it, it, I think I recognize the realness of my experience after I was grown almost and gone. When I say almost, because I was in, you know, my mid twenties, when I recognized that God was really doing something in me. And so the one thing I said I would never be because my sister was a minister, my father was a minister, and all I could see were ministers on the front porch and everywhere else. Um, the one thing I said I would never be or never do um, was the one thing that ended up being the love of my life. I mean, I, I, it, it's one thing working a job you like, right? Mm -hmm. But, um, um, and then having a passion my job is my passion. And it's wonderful to have a job and a passion that's the same. 
So um, that's how I kind of um, um, stumbled into it. I, I was working with young people at the time with the juvenile justice system. And uh, one of my, Portia Lee, I'll never forget her. Um, she said to me one day when I was sitting in my office, she said, um, there's a call on your life and God is not going to let you rest until you answer. And oh. um, I had a few choice words for her. I mean, you know, yeah. Um, but she was actually correct. There was a call. I almost lost my job feeling that call, never recognizing that's what I was doing, you know, um, trying to um, trying to service a young man, but really ministering to the young man. And, and for me, ministry or ministering was synonymous with service. And, and because I, uh, I think I said something, I'm, I made some statement and, and quoted something, you know, tried to rework some scripture on him, but um, his mother was appreciative, but I almost lost my job, okay? And that day, um, Portia said to me, you, you're gonna stop running from God. You're gonna, and I did, I did. I, I stopped running from God and I promise you, my father was even surprised, Debbie, preaching. Um, but I, I started running and I, towards God and I haven't stopped yet. I'm sorry, did I talk too much? Mm -mm, but I just want to say, I, I'm grateful that you didn't stop running. Um, and so I, I know my co-hosts have uh, some some questions to ask you because otherwise I'll, I'll take you down the stream of of so much around college ministry and, and oh, adaptive yeah. ministry. So it was a so, major, uh, major point in yeah. my life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Pastor Debbie, my friend, <laughs> how you be today? I'll be all right for I'm Black great. women. All right, all right. Well, we, we need you to talk to us about Empower Me. Can you talk to us about what its purpose is? How did it get started? Okay. Yeah. Let, let, let me just say it um, like this. Empower Me is simply a space created for women to be. Oh. For women to be. Um, I um, it, it was it was it was my my desire and 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 Dr. Wallace, you know. When we start to, um, we look at our experiences, the things that we've been through. I, I had the, the benefits of watching my older sister, Jackie, um, uh, Jackie Grant, um, as um, you know, womanist uh, a theologian. And I, I watched the suffrage that she'd been through. Um, I, I watched um, the challenges and, um, um, and, and it was so crazy because people who couldn't say anything to her because, you know, she didn't pass to a church, so they couldn't take the church away from her. Um, they would take out whatever aggressions they had towards her on me. But um, watching her and other women like her, and then um, my sisters um, coming um, and standing upon her shoulders, um, you know, just um, uh, the, the challenges we had not having um, mentors, people to look at, to pattern ourselves after, after, and having to try to preach like men and 
to do things like men do it. And I mean, you know, just not validating who we are. God created us uh, female and God didn't make any mistakes about that. And I just wanted um, to provide, provide a sacred space for women to just be, you know, if, if um, fearful is what you are, I want you um, to be in a space, um, a sacred space to be afraid if that's what you need to be vulnerable, to be strong, to be weak, to be bold and, and brazen and um, creative, everything that you are so that, you know, um, so, so that you have the opportunity to explore everything that God has created you to be. Um, the society, the world sometimes um, will um, um, uh, put, a, put a ceiling on you and try to put you in this box and make you feel what the world thinks you ought to uh, fulfill. And then you become convinced and spend all of your natural life that you were created to do something else, trying to do something else that somebody else said you should do. Here's how I put it. The world can define you, but the world cannot confine you to how they define you. And, and I think that we tend to um, confine ourselves to how other people define us. Well, I wanted to provide a place where women can just be. I mean, just be. So I'm not trying to be a mother if that's what I don't need to be right now. I'm not trying to be a wife if that's what I don't need to be right now. I'm not trying to be the counselor and the teacher. I just need to be. I, 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 so, um, uh, and that's why the word speaks it for, for, for me, empower me. Let me tell you what, what kicked it off for me. Um, um, two things. One, um, when I was, when I started the church victory, um, I, I had a member there that used to say to me all the time, pastor, take five minutes, just five. No, she didn't say five, three minutes. Just take three minutes for yourself. You know, you stop, just slow down, take three minutes. And uh, I would never do it. I, I always work. You know, I got to work through it. I, I thought at one point I was just me and Jesus trying to save the world. And, and, and while I was trying to save the, the world with Jesus, I was going to hell in a hand, you know, in terms of my own health and well-being. And, and, and so it finally hit me. And so my sister Rosalind um, and I um, got together and started this organization called SALT, Sisters Aligned and Living Together. And as a result of that, what we were trying to do is to give ourselves and women permission to take care of themselves. And so we had a SALT Summit. You know, I got sick and tired of all the conferences. You go to a conference, you get a conference bag, you have all these wonderful workshops, you go home and it's over until the next year. And so we decided we want to do something just a little bit different. So we started um, Salt Ministries. And as a result of it, uh, we brought women from Alabama, South Carolina, Florida, Tennessee um, together. Um, and, and, and we created this, we did this summit because what we needed to know was what do you need to hear? Uh, you know, not tell you this is what we're going to offer you. What are the needs of black women? What, what, what are the uh, struggles? What are the challenges? What are the things that make you feel good? And so that's what we did. We uh, did a summit and as a result of the summit, we developed the format for the conference. And then after the conference, when we came to the place, um, that's when we had different kind of chat rooms where people went to a tea room to sit and have conversations. You know what I'm saying? Um, couldn't take nothing in it other than yourself and your, 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 yeah, yourself and your conversation, your mind, 
If you wanted to be quiet, you could be quiet. If you wanted to chat, you chatted. But we did that for a while. And then we can, um, uh, rather than um, ending it there, uh, we developed what was called HERS components in the rural area, um, health education resource services, where we would have CDC and the health department um, to help us set up these little units in churches. It didn't make a difference if you had a thousand members or 10 members. We set up those components in churches. And so as a result of that, um, uh, we continued to do that for, for a number of years, living in three years. Well, fast forward. Um, my member, Pat Harris, kept saying, take care of yourself. Five minutes. Okay, I'm doing it, Pat. No, what you're doing is coordinating and planning for everybody else. Take five minutes. 2010, January. I went to the hospital three times. The final day was on 10. And they refused to let me go that day. And when they did the test, they discovered I had a 100% blockage, 100% blockage, 100% blockage. That's when I stopped. That's when I wrote, did my CD and did my book. And then it also dawned on me, I'm empowering everybody else. What about yourself? And so that's where the name came from, Empower Me. I can't do for you, or I shouldn't, what I do for myself uh, or won't do for myself. And the same thing with other women. I'm saying, yeah, this is for you. Not me, but for you. So Empower Me for me is a tag for every woman I encounter. Every, if you put on that, that, and I do have the cups and all these things, if you put on that pin that says empower me, they're not looking at Debbie Grant, Scotland. They're looking at me, you. So you speak a word, you speak an affirmation every time you wear it when it says empower me. And, and so that's, that's how um, this, this piece came to be and, and empower me, you know, being able to, to create a, a place where we can motivate people, activate them, inspire them, educate them, embrace them, encourage them, and uh, get them engaged, you know, all of the above. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, um, it's, it's interesting that you, you say empower me, and yet you have often told me you wanted me to fix your life. I know, honey. I I can't fix your life. Yes, because you're it. You, I, but I could walk with you as you work through empowering you. So I, I just, I'm just grateful to know you. God is good. I mean, we 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 have experiences in life to help equip us for life. Mm. And 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 so the thing is, what. You know, are we going to allow those resources um, to drift away or are we going to value them and use them to the best of our abilities? You know, as our abilities change and increase, will we use them? And I'm trying to do everything in this season of my life to take every every um, pearl that has been deposited, not just in my life, but around my life. I'm not just going to get the ones that you just put in my lap. 
if I see some rolling around or some even close to me, I wanna I wanna benefit from 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 sniffing around, you mm. know, what's going on in the in the periphery. Yeah. You you talk about that and um, many women, many, I'll just say many of us have gone through things where you have been discarded, um, thrown away, yes. um, left, left alone or left to die, um, yeah. if you will. Um, and here you are, you are one who embraces women and um, share with them your story and you don't throw them away, you nurture them. I remember one of your story, um, one of your um I think it was, um, what was that? Um, about COVID, surviving COVID. And one Overcomers. of your- Yep, there you go, overcomers. And one of your um, members, you have, you've had her in your space since she was 18. And she had gone through so much, but you stayed there with her. And that's a rare, that's a rarity, I would say. Yeah. Share, share with us, um, how you in your position make sure that other women that have been thrown away aren't discarded again? Well, hmm. I preached a sermon once titled The Blessing, Curbside Blessings. And um, it had to do with the, um, the beg on the side of the road, right? And um, and how he received his blessings from the side of the road. I'm of the position that some of us uh, curbside blessings are okay. It, it's really okay to get kicked to the side, right? If that's where your blessing is, get to the side of the road and get your blessing. Woo. Everybody's street ain't your street. You, you understand what I'm saying? So you don't have to you don't have to hang out in everybody's streets. You get killed running around in everybody's street. So some of those are not for you. You you have to recognize what is what isn't. This young lady, Karita, I hired her when she was 18 years old. And um they thought I was I was crazy. I had no idea she was 18, first of all. And um, and so she um um, apply for the job. I interviewed a number of them, but she was the best candidate. And they just could not understand how could you hire an 18-year-old girl and, and, and they wanted me to fire. I couldn't. If I fired her, it would have been age discrimination. So I couldn't do it. So I said, well, I think she's the best. So we're going to roll with this to see how it goes. Let me tell you something. When that girl left, they cried more when she left than when I left. She could operate a steward board meeting, a trustee board meeting, um, an official board meeting. She could preach a sermon. She could sing a song. Uh, she, she, she manages the books of the church. I had to say to her, no, you can't do that. Let's give that to the accountant. Um, but this girl was, was, was just awesome. Uh, I taught her how to design on PowerPoint. That girl out-designs out me by far. She is an amazing young woman. Um, I said earlier, uh, doing that, that um, uh, the Overcomers um, piece that um, Karita um, had this, um, this rare syndrome. 
that um, she would literally just go down for three days, a week, as much as three weeks, where she, it's, 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 um, I, ooh, if I think of it, I'll send that information back um, to you at another time. But um, she, um, it, it was, people would confuse it with depression. Um, folks thought that she was doing drugs. I mean, just a whole bunch of different things. And I used to say to um, Karita, whenever she would try to get another job, paying more money, it wouldn't work out. I said, girl, this is always home for you. But let me tell you this. God has you here for a season. I want you to go to school. I want you to do this. Da, 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 da. And um, I don't care how many times she would, um, she would have to be out. I'd hold it in the middle of the road until she got back. When she got back, she was on it. I said to her one day, I said, girl, you're going to travel the world because um, there's something in you that God has for the world to see. We just kind of laughed it off. And um, just before I left, I was there 14 years, just before I left, um, my minister of music called Karita and another choir member and said that he had an opportunity he wanted them to check out. Um, and um, they had to do a demo, send the demo tape in and da 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 da. And she, you know, shared with me, you know, I don't want to let anybody know because I don't want, you know, to jinx it. It's, I said, Karita, you're going to be fine. Everything's going to go well. Well, um, they got the job. So she became one of the backup singers for the Alabama Shakes. That girl was on Jay Leno. I mean, all the, the late night shows and traveling to Brazil and um, Australia and New York and California, all over the world, this girl. I, and every time she would come back and she was home for, um, for a period of time off the road, she would come to the church or um, uh, call me wherever I was. Is there anything you need me to do? Um, so she started, she was my, um, my um, mobile um, administration office. So wherever, whatever I did after that, Karita is the one that, that held it all together. But she is an amazing black woman. She sung with, um, oh God, I call her the, the she's, she looks like Prince. Ah, she's she sung with a number of different persons and, um, and God has got her doing, you know, some things herself now. And I'm so very, very proud of her. Um, as I am, uh, many of the, the young people that God has entrusted to my, um, watch, uh, during my time at Morris Brown college and during my time as, um, a pastor and, uh, and throughout the years. So yeah, she's an amazing story. Yeah. And beat COVID, beat the syndrome and all that life threw at her and COVID. Still going strong. Hmm. Um, I, I like to say um, um, in the story that in, in just sharing of, of the young lady, and, and um, I guess I'm gonna take another point of personal privilege again, but again, I, I cannot imagine what my life would, would be like had it not been for that day on University of Georgia's campus, um, because I wouldn't have known how to seek you out or to look for you, but the way I see that, that you were brought to the college where I was, and I was able to see live and in living color. 
Um, and and so I, I guess I want, want to kind of take you back to that, what you call the curbside blessing, the curbside yes. ministry. Um, because I, I, I can say from my experience with you that what I always found was that no matter where you were, that that it, you were always authentic with people in 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 wherever you were. Now you all understand. Um, um, Pastor Deb is always dressed sharp from head to toe. Okay, and so you know, when we say wherever, if she had to go in the hood somewhere, she still had her heels on, had her pumps, oh God, that and the yes. pumps that were ma- matching. You and know, you know, <laughs> you know, just I mean, just like, and and I was just like, who is this woman? You know, I'm she's driving up. I'm like, you not, you ain't scared. I mean, but I mean, just step, just slayed. All right, slayed. And and so just just curbside blessing. What does that mean in doing in curbside blessing, but yet also holding on to who you are, your identity, while you're able to also minister to people wherever they are? Well, the the first thing. Well, I'm not sure. Let, let me say something about the curbside blessings. I am a product of curbside blessings. Mm-hmm. Let me say that again. Um, I am a product of of curbside blessings. I used to say to Jackie all the time, I get your hits. I get your hits. Um, And and because of the way I was brought up, you know, there were nine of us, six girls, three boys. Um, My father always taught us that we are somebody. I mean, before... He was, he showed us what it means to be somebody. And um, um, I, in my book, in, in my little book, I write some of the sayings of my father and my mother. My, my father said to me, learn what to swallow or you'll choke. And my mother taught me, learn what to swallow because poison kills. And so I learned what to swallow. Um, I, when, when, when I tell you I've been through some stuff and things in, in, and I don't have any problem saying in African Methodism, um, because I have, um, I, I remember when I ran for Bishop, the sister walked up to me and said, um, you know, um, nobody takes you serious. And, um, this is what the, and, and, and her statement to me was, this is what the sisters are saying. Uh, oh, okay. Um, and and the the, the I, I mean I, I can tell you story after story. Um, being um, uh, when I when I was appointed to the church um, uh, as the first pastor, first female pastor, and and what men said to me, you know, that are leadership leaders in the church. Um, and, um, it just seems like whenever somebody think they have me down, pinned down to the ground, I get up, they try to pin me back down to the ground. Um, and, and, and I, I had to learn that these people, if they meant me any good, then if there's something wrong with me, then they would share with me to help me become a better person. Which is which is what I spent my life doing because it's what I spent. I saw my parents spend their lives doing. 
um, always pouring in. And so if, if you, you know, and I was always a rebel, oh my God, just, just militant. And, and that, that folk didn't like that because it came out in my, in the things I said and the things I did and, and, um, you know, um, so they didn't like it. Um, and, and so I decided that I can't fight everybody else's battles. I mean, everybody else's little wars, right? I can't let them drag me off into um, a space that was designed for them. I can't fight what you think I ought to be fighting because I will get distracted from where God wants me to go. Cause I'm, I'm, you put a fire here and I'm trying to put it out. And then you put one over there and I'm trying to put that out. I, what I need to determine that it doesn't make a difference what's burning around me. As long as I keep moving, you can't stop me. You can't break me. You can't, you just can't do it. I mean, I might not get what you think I ought to have. I may not be what you think I ought to be, but I'll be darned if I'm going to allow you to reduce me to nothing because that's not who God created me to be. So I, I don't have to be your bishop to be somebody. I don't have to be um, the head of a, uh, the pastor of a major church to be somebody. I don't even have to be liked by you to be somebody. Um, and so I had to make that declaration for myself. You either gonna allow people to slap you side to side, or you just gonna, you know, let them hit the wind. Because if you in if you position yourself to be slapped, you're gonna be slapped. You might just feel the wind. Oh, that one was that one, okay. And 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 so yes, when when people thought they kept me from something or kept something from me. God always showed up and picked me up from where I was and took me where God wanted me to be. So, oh God, I'm not going to tell you this, this little personal story. But, no, can I tell you this? When I was moved to this church where I am, I was sent there to die. I was sent there to die. In Vine City, on Vine Street, I was sent to die. Okay, y'all know if you AME, if you ain't paid your budget, you know, if you, that church had, the, the, the church just in 10 years hadn't paid its budget. And I'm sitting in the middle of the hood trying to figure out what the heck am I doing here? What did I do? What did I do to deserve this? I paid my dues. I worked, you know, and I called Jeremiah Wright. And Jeremiah Wright told me to shut up, stop crying. Because if God wanted to stop it, God would have stopped it. He said, you better ask God why you are placed there. I said, okay. So, I started looking around, looking at this, you know, all the stuff that's going on, the building and stuff. I called somebody. I said, look, the bishop done sent me down in Vine City. And I don't know what the heck, the Vine City, let me come over there and take a look. And came over and took a look. I said, girl, don't you know you were sitting in the middle of a gold mine? 
this is the heart of gentrification. This is, uh, in the next couple of years, this piece of property that's worth about 800000 is going to be worth over $2 million plus dollars. What is it worth right now? $2 million plus dollars. Um, don't you, uh, let's get this thing, let's move it. Honey, I picked up my little bag and dried my little tears and tucked my little tail between my legs. And I said, God, it's me and you. We're going to do it. And I'm telling you, we ain't missed a budget cent. Since we are in a, a partnership with a developer, um, we are, I, I mean, we are, we, we may not have a thousand members on the vine, but I tell you what, great things are happening on the vine. Now, here is the, here's the part, here's the part, here's the part, here's the part. We're doing fine, y'all. They, they, they're handling their business. Okay. About, um, about um, when I got married, right? And um, right after we got married, we were hosting our first event in our home, new home, our other home. And somebody at the party said, one of your bishops lives out here. I said, one of my bishops? Yeah, one of your bishops lives out here. I said, oh, which one? And I'm just, you know, I don't know, but one of them. And so I said, um, babe, do you know of a bishop who lives out here? He said, oh yeah, there's a bishop who lives out here. I said, oh, who is the bishop? And he told me the bishop's name. I said, well, where does he live? He said, oh, right around the corner. Look across the lake. You can see his house right across the lake. I said, huh? He's right across the lake. I got on my phone and I called. I said, Bishop, um, I'm, I understand I'm your neighbor. Neighbor? I said, yes, sir, I'm your neighbor. Neighbor? I said, do you, and I'm not going to call the places. And I said, do you live in so and so? He said, yeah. I said, okay, well, I live around the corner from you. I'm your neighbor. Here's the moral for me. Don't mess with God. You understand what I'm saying? This man put me on the vine to die. And God put me around the corner from his house. That's why I don't play with God. I don't play. I don't play. I love all of my God's children. I do. I do. I would. I no hurt, harm, or danger on anyone. If that man called me right now and said he needed a thousand dollars, if I had a thousand dollars, guess what? I would take it to him. And it also helped me to recognize that what God, man, means for evil, God will get the good out of it if you allow God to. So stop trying to take God's stuff into your hands. I ain't mad at nobody, y'all. I ain't mad. I, 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 I did. I prayed. I prayed and asked God to forgive me for that moment that I had when I got on the phone and called and said, I'm your neighbor. I did. I prayed and asked God to forgive me. I did. Because it wasn't no, it didn't come out of a good place. I, <laughs> you know, so I prayed. I said, God, please forgive me. Please forgive me. Because I, 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 I should not have done that. But um, what it said to me, is don't you what was it? Don't worry mm. about a thing, yeah. Cause every little thing is gonna be all right. So I, 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 I just can't. I don't know if I answered your question, <laughs> but that's my curbside blessing. I mean, I, you know, I ain't worried about where I live and all this other kind of stuff. 
I'm just grateful. This is God showing up in ways that you just don't think God shows up. God sees you when you don't think God sees you. So stop wasting your time, you know, talking about what you could do if they would let you. Don't you recognize the only thing, person, the only creature being that you need to be concerned about is God waking you up in the morning and giving you breath and life and health and strength. And even some of the sickest people do a whole lot more than what we do when we try to put um, our successes and failures. um, And let me just say this on somebody else, but let me just say this. Every success is not built upon mountains and mountains and mountains of success. There's some failures up in there. And there's something that you can learn from all of the downfalls and the failures and the mistakes in your life. So don't don't brush them off and don't try to avoid them. Go on through it. Just walk. Just walk. I done been through. I done walk. Oh, my God, have mercy. I done walked through some stuff. I've been ashamed of some stuff. I, I just, but... But I'm able to sit and tell folk now, talk to them, you know, yeah, I did that. Really? Girl, let me tell you, how, let me tell you, the, the, I don't know how you're going to get out of it, but let me tell you how I got out of it. Um, I just, I love God. I love God's people and anything that I could do to share um, um, some moment of empowerment to somebody else is what I want to do. I, I just... I don't, you know, you don't want to be bothered with me. I, I, I can't make you be bothered with me, right? You have a right to deal with me. You have a right, just as I have a right to deal with whomever I want. So if you don't want to deal with me, I'll find somebody up the road that'll fool with me. You know, that's, I'm just saying. You, you're stepping in it. Keep stepping. Mm-hmm. I don't mean any, I don't mean any, but you know, we are a powerful piece of equipment. I say that we are fearfully and wonderful, wonderfully made. I had a t-shirt I made for my church some years ago that says, I am a powerful piece of equipment. You are. And, and, and because you are a powerful piece of equipment, you have the possibilities to do whatever it is you want to do. And and what I do, and don't get mad at me because I do something you don't do. Just do what you do. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Makes a lot of sense. Because, you know, somebody said, oh, God have mercy. Just, just the other day. You don't like to hear people say crazy things about you. And so somebody was talking to me and said, well, you know, I told them I was going to get you to do you know, something, because you're good with that design and stuff. And, and they got quiet. And I asked them, why did they get quiet? And then, um, and, <laughs> and and I said, why did they get quiet? They said that she thinks she know everything. And for a minute, I turned, I looked, and I turned back and I looked. I said, well, yeah, she right. I know everything I know. Everything I know, I know. Right? I may not know what you know. And I may not know what somebody else knows, but everything I know, I know. Now that's that's <laughs> Joe Grant Theology 101. <laughs> I went to see my daddy one day. He was in the hospital and I see you. And I'm trying to, you know, just joke, jive with him to get his spirit all bit. I said, what you know, daddy-o? 
He said, I know what you know. You know what I know. My girlfriend fell out, Carol, fell out. I thought about that thing. I said, shoot, he does know what I know. And I do know what he knows because he taught me everything I know. So I know everything I know. Somebody said that Democrat thinks she knows everything. So oh, yeah, she does. She knows everything she knows. And everything she knows, she knows. You, you just talked about your daddy taught you. I want, you, I want uh, to read a comment that Tracy Fletcher um, put um, and, and said, and she said, this elder in the church here, Pastor Debbie, actually walks her talk. She called uh, to me in a space after I was called and um, told me to take my rightful place in a room full of people as a new young pastor. This is what is needed to show the authentic sisterhood and help a person to walk out their truth and become who God has called them to be. It is in the pouring into others where we see Jesus in the sisterhood. Hallelujah. God bless you. That's powerful. You got to read. I see that. Yeah, one of our co-hosts. You want to go ahead, Dr. Bradford, and read that? I can. Um, She says, I am so grateful for Dr. Pastor, Dr. Pastor Debbie Grant, who was instrumental in helping me when I became the first female pastor at a church in Columbus, Georgia. Her embracing, mentoring, and fellowship was fundamental to my ministry. This is what I'm talking about, Dr. Grant, Scotland. This is what I'm talking That's about. That's crazy about that girl right there. <laughs> <laughs> and she's crazy about you. Yeah, yes, she is. Crazy about but, but let me just say... Um, uh, um, um, just a word about Tracy, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Tracy is a gorgeous African American woman, just pretty. And 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 when and when you when you talk about just dress, just from the 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 strands of her hair down to the tippy toe of her toenail. <laughs> But what angers me is when people look at her, um, they want to write her off as she's just a she's just a yeah. pretty thing. Yeah. When I tell you that girl got some, I'm talking about deep. Folk don't even know how deep she is. But here's the beautiful thing: when when you see her moving. You know, she knows what people might be saying, but it doesn't even bother. She just walks in her truth. She just walks in her truth. I mean, an educator got more education in a fingernail than most. Okay? Yes, (laughs) ma'am. And then what makes me angry even more is when they get with other women and try to get other women to talk down those, you understand what I'm saying? Oh yes, oh yes. You know, like, because somebody says to you, oh, you ain't like Debbie Grant, or you ain't like so-and-so, that makes you, you know, I just wanna say to, to Tracy, if you're listening, you are a powerful piece of equipment, girl. And, and God, um, uses you in extraordinary ways. Don't sit on your gifts and don't allow anybody to put a ceiling on your possibilities. 
You are an amazing black woman and you are pretty. Mm. Mm. Yeah, she's a gorgeous sore. Yes, she yes, is. She is. <laughs> and then we need to say that, celebrate each other more often. I mean, you know, we think because we tell our sisters, you're gorgeous, you're beautiful, you're pretty, that is something wrong with us. It's something wrong with that if you don't look at someone that looks like you and 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 able to celebrate them and tell them how gorgeous they are. Absolutely. You're gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Um, Dr. Pastor Debbie, we only have um, a couple minutes left. What are any closing thoughts that you just want to make sure that you yeah. you push out so that we can know what you know? <laughs> a couple things I want to say. Um, walk in your truth. Hmm. Whatever that truth is for you, walk in it. Don't make excuses. Just walk in it. Um, whatever you call to do in life, do it. Don't you know, if 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 it, if it, there's ever a moment where we're going to see God face to face and, and I don't want to say, well, God, I would have if. Take that out of your vocabulary. If. Walk in your truth. Don't fight people to do what God has already ordained you to do. I used to say when I was over women in ministry, it's not a battle. It's a belief. And if you believe it to be so, then do it. Don't fight. No, people change the, the, the battle rules up on the channel. It's not a battle. It's a belief. I believe I've been called. I believe the Lord wants me to do this. And it's not just to ordain ministry. It's anything that God has, has, has dropped or deposited in your spirit. Just don't waste time. Do it. Thank you, Lord. Right? with no excuses. And then um, self-love is so important. Um, you ought to be able to say to yourself every day, I love you. <laughs> and you ought to be loving to yourself and show yourself to be lovable to you. Because if you cannot love yourself, or you cannot find yourself lovable, then how are you gonna love me, somebody else? How is somebody else gonna find you lovable? I don't know, but wow. those are the things that empower me. Wow, wow. Thank you so much, um, uh, Pastor. Grant Scotland for being with us on today. You have blessed us on today, just, just being your authentic self. And, um, and we say thank you um, for being with us on today. Hang around for us and we'll get right back um, to you. Um, do want to let everyone know that on next week, we move into our, uh, what we say, our Black History uh, Month on next week. And uh, we're doing something a little bit different. All of our guests in the month of February um, are some of our male counterparts, our male counterparts. So be ready now to um, tune in with us on uh, next week. We'll have Dr. Seymour, who's going to talk to us about his book, 10 Things Every Black Man Should Know. 10 Things 
every black man should know. So make sure you're there. And then uh, Dr. Bradford, who do we have on that week that's following Dr. Seymour? Wait for it, wait for it. Dr. Jamal <laughs> Bryant. Dr. <laughs> Jamal Harrison Bryant would be right here in the house. Okay. And so um, God bless you, Dr. Wright. So glad you're able to join us today. Um, yeah. Thank you all for joining in and hit those heart buttons, buttons for Dr. Um, pa uh, Dr. Pastor Debbie Grant Scott. <laughs> love you. Um, and God says the same. We'll see you all on next week. Love you. Bye-bye.